Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so as the world turns with the uh, Green Bay Packers, um, since last Thursday, so we're six days in, seven nights, six days in to the Aaron Rodgers saga becoming front-page news for everybody in sports. Bob McGinn from The Athletic, of course, has covered the Packers for years. According to the sources, Aaron Rodgers mocked Brian Gunnikunst in group chats with teammates in Green Bay, referring to him as Jerry Krause. 
Um, apparently, Aaron Rodgers warned prospective free agents that he doesn't expect to be in Green Bay in 2021. Um, if for some reason he was he was to retire, he would be out forty four point five million dollars. So Aaron Rodgers is doing everything he can, everything he can to get traded because he doesn't want to have to retire if that's the route that he only route he can go in order to get out of Green Bay. Here's Brett Favre talking about Aaron Rodgers. No one Aaron. And, and I think I know him fairly well. Mm-hmm. If he has a grudge, whether it be against the organization or a player or an, an arch rival or family, friends, he ain't budging. I don't see him coming back and, and, and saying, if this is not resolved, however, whatever the issue is, if it's not resolved, or if, even if it's resolved, but he feels like they got one up on him, he ain't going to play. No one, Aaron, he would, he would sit. Everybody says they'll sit until the actual idea of, would you sit late in your career when you have a potential Super Bowl team? And, oh yeah, by the way, you got to pay back $44.5 million if you don't play all of these things. It's like, be very, very careful about who you draw a hard and fast stance, a line in the sand against be very careful of that. But look, this is all of this stuff is like the breakdown in any relationship, right? It's the breakdown in any relationship. When you've been in a relationship for 20 years, you know, or 15 years or 10 years, you got, you got, and if the, it, the if there's negative things that were buried that still bother you when the relationship is, is unraveling, now every little thing along the way becomes a bigger thing. But I'm going to tell you that this looks terrible for Aaron Rodgers. Right? That you'd call you'd call the GM Jerry Krause. Now, look, if we're if we're going to look at the full perspective of it, Jerry Krause built a couple of amazing teams in Chicago. But Jerry Krause was the butt of every single joke. And if if Aaron Rodgers wants to come out looking like Michael Jordan, First, he's going to come up short in the championships. And second, remember, Jordan more respected than liked. Uh, There's a bunch of parts to this. I don't think one of the reasons I don't believe the Jeopardy thing for one second, even though the ratings were down um, at the week after he hosted is I don't I like Aaron Rodgers during my time I spent with him. I don't think that he has this extreme likability vibe. I just like, it's probably the reason I haven't gotten a call about being a game show host is that there are, when you feel like you're the honest one and the one who says it like it is that to many people's not, not honest, not likable. And when you're not likable, it's hard to get those jobs because those jobs as hosts of Jeopardy, whatever, it's almost all about likability. Now, Alex Trebek, it was the first one in, so he's synonymous with it. So even if he came across as smug and knowing the answers, it's still Alex. He can get away with it. Whoever replaces him has to be just beloved, not just likable. And Rogers probably isn't. You know? He is not Steve Harvey. 
He's just not. He's not. Um, who's the Price is Right guy now? Uh, Drew Carey. Those guys are comedians. Those guys are have that likability uh, gene. He doesn't have it. He's a great quarterback. He is funny. He is smart. He is a lot of things. Likeable? It all depends upon your perspective of it. And when you find, and, and like, it's one of those things that plays to the audience. And I don't know who put it out there that he made fun of Jerry Krause on a group chat. That's a, that's a big group chat. No, no, but it's one of the reasons you don't put things in text, right? It's a group, big group chat. No, no, you, you don't, what, what happens in the group chat stays in the group chat. He didn't put it out on Twitter. He didn't put it out on IG. He put in a group chat to some to his teammates. And I'm sure many of them found it to be funny and understood the reference. It, by the way, also points to no one would get the Jerry Krause reference if not for the um, the docuseries that came out last year this time, right? No one, I remembered him, but no one who was on the Packers who was younger than Aaron Rodgers would know anything about Jerry Krause other than Googling it. If you use the Jerry Krause reference now, everybody in sports knows because they all watch the documentary. But, but all of this lashing out is just anger over the fact that they can't, that, that Rogers can't really control what happens within this relationship for a year. He can't retire. He can't force him to be traded. It's not the right time for them to trade him. And by the way, they were not going to the doorstep of the Super Bowl and they're probably better this year. Why would they trade him? So all of this stuff actually comes out as anger and frustration with the fact that there's been things that have bothered him about the relationship for years. There's an imbalance in the relationship with most quarterbacks. They all feel it. They all want to be, they all want to make decisions. They all want to, you know, call the plays. They want to pick the groceries. They want to do everything and they want to make the most money doing it. And then if it doesn't work, they don't want to be blamed for it. Like that's what every quarterback wants. They don't want anybody behind them to show any sort of variance in, in leadership. These are the things they want. And the Packers are like, we hear you. We're not doing it. Doesn't matter what the group tech, uh, uh, group tech chat text chat said. Doesn't matter what you request. Doesn't matter what, how, what Brett Favre says. We own your rights. You're under contract for three years. If you want to play football, show up at uh, Lambeau Field at the said training date. We'll see you then. Otherwise, we have a $44 million outstand, outside, uh, outstanding bill for you, to, for you to pay up on. So I look at this thing and I think, you know, they're trying to do, Rogers Camp is trying to do as much damage as possible to Green Bay within his power. Hey, I'm not going to be there after next year. Um, he's making fun of the GM. He's asked to be traded. He said the GM has to go or he goes. He's doing everything he can to get himself out of Green Bay. It still won't work. It still won't work. And oh yeah, by the way, um, this was Adam Kaplan, of course, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, on Aaron Rodgers venting to opponents. Aaron was miserable, I'm told, last season. How miserable? He went, in, he went over to the defensive side of the football live in a game, okay? It was after a play. It was over during a timeout. And he went over to the opponent and said, get me out of here. But a, 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 a Packers told me, this is a great line, 
So I said, hey, you know, he had those cryptic comments after the season's over. What do you think? Do you think you guys might trade him? He goes, are you trying to get us fired? I said, I'm just asking the question. He goes, hey, dude, what, what, do you, what do you trade your best player who won the MVP? Are you out of your mind? We're not trading him. And then the GM went out and said that yesterday when he was asked. But um, this one, watch. In April, everybody talks tough. Everybody talks tough. And then you got to show up for camp, and you're not willing to pay a fine. And if you retire, you got to pay back $44 million. If they were going to trade him, they would have done it before the NFL draft. Now they won't. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a very deep and solid offensive line draft. You had Panay Sewell went early in the first round. The Bengals passed on him. Rashawn Slater, who we had on a couple days ago, he went 13 to the Chargers. Uh, Vera Tucker, the guard from USC, he went in the first round. Of course, we had Christian Derrishaw. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. He went a little bit later. He had some injury concerns. Uh, Tevin Jenkins went in the second round. He's, of course, from Oklahoma State. But the one that jumps out at people are like, man, um, he's got great length with 34-inch arms. He's strong. He's got grit. Played at Alabama, and they kicked everybody's ass. He's Alex Leatherwood. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Alex, how are you? What's up? I'm doing well. Um, when did you know you were going to the Raiders? <clears throat> I knew I was going to the Raiders when uh, I got the phone call. And Coach Green was on the phone. Did you have any idea before that? Not really, to be honest. I had a bunch of interest from a bunch of teams. Um it was about three teams calling me a lot the days leading up, but um, they were the ones who ultimately chose me. What were the other? Who were the other two teams? Um, I was getting uh, the Bears. I was talking to the Bears a lot. Um, the Vikings. Yeah. So, and then the Bears went and took another tackle, obviously in the second round. So it's not they. They probably had you slotted ahead, and then the Raiders moved up. When you hear. What's it feel like to be the guy who people say, well, they reached for a need, that they took you too high? What does that feel like for you when you're celebrating the, the, the greatest professional moment of your young career, getting drafted 17? Um, to be honest, um, I kind of don't care, to keep it short. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, those people don't know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, the GMs and the scouts, they're the ones who ultimately, like, watch the film and make that evaluation. And not only that, but, like, the people who are making these uh, opinions, you know what I mean? Like, they don't really matter. Like, like they don't make the pick. So, I'm not really tripping, you know what I mean? And not only that, but um, I know my worth and my value as a player and what I have to offer and my potential and, my potential and what I could do. 
So, um, I mean, of course, it puts, like, a little chip on my shoulder because it's like, I mean, damn, you know what I mean? Um, a unanimous All-American, uh, I won the uh, Outland Trophy, you know what I mean? But clearly that's not good enough. But, I mean, I'm not tripping because I know what I can do and um, I know what I'm going to do in my career. So uh, I'm just super excited. I don't, I don't blame you. It's like the best of both worlds. You got drafted in the first round, so you're getting plenty more money. You get an opportunity for a Raiders reworked offensive line to be a part of it. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you get the added motivation of people kind of hating on where you were drafted. It's like the best. I, you don't, they don't have to worry about you being content with where you are because people have been critical of the draft pick. It's perfect. Right. Alex Leatherwood joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um when did Gruden call you? Did Mayock call you? Who was the one whose voice you first heard? Uh, to be honest, it was kind of all a blur, but uh, I think it was. I, I think it was uh, Gruden. I think it was Gruden. Well, that's really why I asked, is because we hear the recordings of those things, right? Uh-huh. And 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 I'm just wondering, like, it it probably in the moment you see the phone ring, you have family around you, everybody's going crazy. Like, do you even recall any part of the conversation? Right. Um, yeah, a little bit. He was just uh, asking me if, if I was excited to be in a uh, Oakland Raider and um, a couple other things, and uh, essentially just told me that um, they were going to drop me with that pick. So I, I, I really didn't care who it was. You know what I mean? I was just elated, super excited on cloud nine. You know what I mean? Because I knew my life was about to change. So I'll, um, that's a moment that uh, I'll forever cherish. You know what I mean? I, ha- yeah. I was surrounded by my friends and family. It was just a great moment. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, make sure you don't get on a flight to Oakland. You get on a flight to Vegas. I make the same mistake all the oh, time, Ve- too. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Vegas. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. Listen, it happens to all of us. Like, look, I, I'm in L.A. I grew up in L.A. The Raiders were in L.A. I still have a tough time. Remember, they went to Oakland, let alone in Las Vegas. Have you been to Vegas before? Yes. Uh, no, not before. I went to visit, but I, I had not been to Vegas before. Okay, so you get off the plane and you're... In Vegas, what would you what'd you think in, during your short time? <clears throat> to be honest, I was asleep the whole flight, right? And um, so the flight attendant, she, she gets on, like, the uh, intercom, and she's like, we're about to land. So I, like, sit up in my seat. You know, I'm, I'm about to prepare to land. And I, and I look out the window, and I'm like, dang, there's it's a whole bunch of, like, rocks and stuff out here. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, oh, shoot, like, we're really in the desert. You know what I mean? Yes. And we fly, like, a little bit more, and then boom. This big city, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. You know what I mean? We land. I'm driving to the uh, facility, and it's awesome. I mean, it's a, a beautiful city. It's a growing city. You know what I mean? Um, the people I did meet were, like, super nice. Of course, I saw a bunch of uh, Raiders fans, and I loved them already, but um, the whole city was just a vibe, and I loved it. I'm yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Like, you're, you're, you're basically, they've had games in the stadium, but no fans in there. I mean, you're basically going to be playing the first home games in a brand new stadium. Be pretty awesome, right? Be pretty, be 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 amazing. Really, really amazing. Um, okay, but how are you going to bring some of the South with you? Right, like you're a you're a Florida Panhandle guy. You go to Alabama. H- how do you like? How do you bring the South with you? Somebody going to somebody to come live with you, cook for you, or are you going to go do the so- complete solo thing? Uh. I think I'm going to be alone, you know, um, especially like the first part. So it's just going to be me. It's just going to be me or whatever. But um, 
just me coming from the South, you know what I mean? I feel like me and myself, I'll be bringing a little bit of the South with me. So I feel like uh, it'll be cool. It's going to be great. What's Saban, what's Saban been like to you? Saban, um, Saban was a great, a great football coach and life coach. You know what I mean? Uh, I know he gets a lot of, um, like, he has a lot of uh, accolades and all that stuff for being, like, a great coach. But um, he also taught me a lot about being, you know, just a young man being a professional and a lot of things like that. Like what one, one thing that rings in your head that Saban told you that, that, that you, you either try to implement or you're going to try to implement now that you're a professional grown man on your own. I mean, um, just being where your feet are, no matter like what you're doing at in any moment or where you are in life, you know what I mean? Just, uh, controlling what you can control and making sure you, you're on your P's and Q's at all times. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Alex, congrats on the on the draft spot, and we appreciate you joining us uh, on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man. It's called Mal Evans. He's on road. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there, and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk some Raiders draft room football with Daniel Jeremiah, who joins us. We had Alex Leatherwood on. He wasn't really bothered by it, but he did say, hey, it does give me a little bit of a chip in my shoulder. But, you know, like I'm, a, I'm playing for the Raiders now. First round pick. It's pretty awesome. Um, why was, why was it seen as reaching for a position they clearly needed? Well, I mean, I don't think you're talking about reaching for the position. I think you're talking about reaching for the player. Um, so, and again, it's all, everybody has their own list and you, you work off your own grades and that's what the Raiders did. They felt strongly about him, um, and felt a little more comfortable with him as a player than, than I did. So, you know, when I watched him, Doug, he played a lot of football there at Alabama. We saw him, uh, a couple different spots on the line. I just thought he had some some things where he gave up of you know a lot of pressures. He has he has issues kind of opening his outside gate, which means your outside foot. Um, you get powered through your edges there. Um, I think he had 17 penalties or something like that last year, which was way up there. Um, so to me, it was just he's an inconsistent guy, even though he's played a lot of football. Now he's got ideal size. Um, he's uh, he's got quick feet. He's not a great bender, but he's got quick feet. So there's, again, it's all beauty in the eye of the beholder. I thought he was a second-round player. They felt like he was a first-round player. Then they turned around the second round and took a guy that I had a first-round grade on. So that's just the way it works. Um, what do you think of what they're building? 
I think they're rebuilding the offensive line, um, trying to get younger there and a little bit more athletic. Uh, I like some of the things they've done on the defensive side of the ball uh, in free agency, getting out getting Ngakwe to go along with Crosby. Gives them two good rushers. Um, I still, you know, I don't know how good this corner group is going to be. They've got some young, uh, high draft picks there in the secondary, but they need those guys to come together. I, I did love Merrick, who they who they got the safety at TCU. I think is a really good player. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's going to be defensively is going to be dependent on how those young corners come together. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What happened with the Niners? What really happened? I don't know. You know, it's 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 interesting. When that trade first happened, when they went all the way up to three, I was on the air when it happened, and my first thought was, oh, this is for Trey Lance. It was on the heels of the North Dakota State Pro Day. It makes sense for where he could take this offense, something they haven't had. Um, that was my initial thought. And then you, you start getting text messages from people that are tied in with Shanahan saying, nope. It's Mac Jones. That's his guy. So I think at that point in time, I, I do believe that that was actually the the guy he had in his mind when he made that trade. And then they did their homework on the rest of the group. And I think Trey Lance is, is pretty darn impressive when they went through that process and he came out of it at the end. I don't know when that was, when they when they ultimately got to that point, whether it was a week before, a month before, or what have you. But um, I, yeah, I do, I do believe that from that early on moment that it was with Mac Jones in mind. Um, but over the course of evaluating the whole deal, they came out with Trey Lance, which is what I had said all along. I thought was the right move. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, okay. Then you look at Cincinnati. They take an elite wide receiver who has a relationship with a quarterback, but they've been forever trying to rebuild that offensive line. Did they make the right move? I think they made the right move in terms of taking Jamar Chase and then swinging back around uh, for an offensive lineman in the second round. Now, the difference, I would say, is they they ended up going with Jackson Carmen there as their pick in the second round. And that, to me, you know, there were other guys available that I would have had higher grades on at that point in time. So they took Jackson Carmen. I would have had a higher grade on Dylan Radins uh, from North Dakota State, had a higher grade on the kid from Texas, Cosme. Um, so there, there were other players out there that I liked better, but I did like the fact that they, uh, you know, they, they realized there was depth in the offensive line and there was only one Jamar chase in this draft. So I, I did like that decision. Okay. Um, and then you look at where Penny Sewell went and you look at what Detroit's building. Do you like that group's first draft? <clears throat> I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I was laughing through the process because you're like, Oh, you know, what's Detroit going to do? And I'm like, you're, you're not putting Dan Campbell, Chris Spielman, um, John Dorsey's in that personnel department, all in the same room, you know, along with Brad Holmes, who's the general manager, and coming out with a wide receiver. There's no chance uh, that was going to be a big man's draft. You don't, you don't come out and talk about gnawing kneecaps and then go take a, you know, wide receiver. That's not what you're going to do. So I was not surprised to see the, uh, uh, the focus on the trenches there in Detroit. And I, I think they got some good players. Panay Sewell's a really good player. Uh, Anzarike, the D-tackle from Washington, and Aline McNeil, the D-tackle from NC State. They got they got stronger and more physical. So I always say, Doug, and I'm sure it's like this in any sport. You know, there's there's not it's not so much a right plan and a wrong plan. It's you got to have a plan, and right. I can I can see their plan. Yeah, no question. And and look, it may not work, but at least they have a a a, a cohesive cognitive a thought. They have a direction. They have a plan. This is how we're going to play. Whereas and, and, and honestly, sometimes 
teams are like that in how they play, right? Where yeah. you, some teams just call plays, like or instead of having an offense and have a flow and a and a feel for when so here, and why here, they do everything they do. Here's a great point. I was talking to a coach maybe five or six years ago, and he brought up a great point. He said, and I agree with this across all sports, if you don't have any tendencies, you're not any good. Like, you should major in things and do things really well, and it shouldn't matter what the other team's doing. You should still be able to do those things. But it's some people try to do everything, and they don't excel in anything. So you do something really well. Hey, we're going to run the football really well. We're going to be physical along the line of scrimmage, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, that's that's kind of the way I look at what Detroit's trying to accomplish. How long uh, does Mac Jones become the starting quarterback of the Patriots this year? I'll, I'll say yes. He will, but uh, I, I think it's 50-50 in terms of whether or not that's Cam's performance or Cam, you know, breaking down. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think it's – I think it's probably in the back half. I think Cam is going to make it through at least eight games. I, I think Cam's going to be highly motivated too, which is going to be interesting to see. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I Like, for people who don't know, Dana Jeremiah, in addition to the NFL Network, and Move the Sticks, also the color analyst for the Chargers Radio Network. What did you think of the job that Tom Telesco did? I thought they came into this draft with really two glaring needs, right? You need a left tackle, and they desperately needed a corner. And I thought they went out with their first two picks. They got good players. They got good value with Slater. Slater was my, as we had talked about a bunch, was my top offensive lineman in the draft. So for Rashawn Slater to fall to them at 13, I thought was a home run. Plug and play, left tackle, and then Asante Samuel Jr., who's uh, you know who's a ball hawk. And now you're going to put him out in that secondary and get Derwin James back healthy and and a really good pass rush. And that's the type of skill sets you want to have back there with that type of front. So I thought he was a great match as well. I love those first two picks. What are people in the NFL saying about the Aaron Rodgers fiasco? Um, You know, the, the interesting thing was I, I, I was just kind of learning about it. Like most people, when that report came out and then you call around the teams and you're like, nah, this has been going on. Like this has been kind of known, you know, that this was, that he didn't want to be there and that um, there's, you know, there's a chance that something could happen there. This has been, this has been whispered about, talked about for a little while. So I guess I was late to the party on that, on that thing. Um, the other thing is, you know, I talked to a general manager, was talking to one of my buddies in the league about this whole situation. And he just said, look, my conversation with Aaron would be pretty simple. Like I want to try and, make you the highest paid player in the league and do my best to, to make you happy. But you need to understand that there is zero chance I'm trading you. That's not happening. So if you want to retire, you're going to have to retire because there's nothing that, that you could say or do that's going to force my hand in this, in this regard. I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, no, no. I, I talked to a GM buddy just yesterday morning and he was just like, yeah, I had a quarterback once that came in and said he wanted to be traded. And I see, I said, we're not trading you. It lasted all of a day and then it went away my my read on on the timing of it was yes it was out there and that was kind of almost like a hail mary like let's drop it the day of right it, drop you know drop that news the the day of the um of the draft to see if we can motivate them to get it done and now that it wasn't done now you're almost kind of venting and saying all right well it wasn't done but we still we still want out of here and yeah. like let's figure out if we can make it the damage so severe that they have to get rid of us the challenge to me was that having that come out at that time, that there wasn't enough runway to have a deal of that magnitude come together. You know, that's assuming that they would do a deal. Um, 
it just to me, if you really wanted to play that card, if this did come from his side of things, you would have been better served to to really push that narrative maybe two weeks ahead of time if that was you know what indeed happened. It's a fair point. So you think he plays for the Packers? Um, I, I do. I, I don't think he wants to stop playing football, and I just I I can't imagine the Green Bay Packers make that trade. I just I couldn't do it. You know, maybe they get to the point where they're like, hey, we'll just get what we can get. Um, but I just, I would never want to sign my name on that one. I'd never want to be the guy that traded Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think I can do it. Is Justin Fields the right guy in Chicago? I think so. I, I love the move, man. You know, at, at that point in time, where they, where they are as an organization, just, you know, and I've said it on the air, like one of the more, it might be the most boring offense in the NFL. And that, that changes now with Justin coming in there. And he's a really talented player. Um, I, I think it. I think it's got a chance to really work here. Um, so we'll see. Matt Nagy was there when when uh, Mahomes showed up, and and uh, they had a pretty good plan in place for him to get him ready to roll. And we'll see if he can do the same thing here with another uber talented player. So I know the Chicago fans have to be excited though, because that was painful to watch that offense the last couple of years. No, it was it it was awful. Um, team who had the most uneven draft. Like you talked about, at least you know what 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 Detroit is thinking, what they're feeling. Who's the team who you're, you're kind of confused by? Well, the Cowboys was interesting to me. Um, I thought they might go edge rusher early uh, or corner early. Ended up going Kelvin Joseph in the second round, who has, you know, had some off the field stuff that teams weren't, you know, all the teams weren't comfortable with. I didn't think he would go that high based off of that. Um, so that you know, Cowboys was a little interesting to me. And going two linebackers, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that position group when you look at you know Leighton Van Der Esch going forward. I think they they are not picking up his fifth year option. I believe I saw that the other day. Um, and then you've got Jalen Smith with his situation having already paid him. It's just there's a lot going on at the linebacker position, which is usually a, a little unusual um, to have that much action going on at that spot. Why do you think that is? I don't know. They just seem fixated on it, you know, that linebackers. I just, when I look at that defense, and, you know, obviously you look at those Seattle defenses, Dan Quinn going back in the day, there's good linebackers there, but it was a front, it's a front driven defense. It's the same one, you know, the Pete Carroll defense we see all over the league that Gus Bradley's running as well. That defense works when you got a great front. And I thought, you know, they might, uh, might go more in that direction as opposed to the second level of their defense. Did you like, Charlotte Wynn got J.C. Horn, right? I mean, and they mm-hmm. and they got uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., talented wide receiver. Uh, they did get Chuba Hubbard in the fourth. I didn't. I don't love Chuba Hubbard, but I love him in the fourth, and especially as a change of pace to what they already have. Um, where are you on what Carolina did? So I did this exercise where I kind of assigned points to my top fifty players, and so you just flip it, right? So your number one overall players worth one hundred and fifty points. Your number 150 players worth one point. So when you flip it around like that and just look at how I had players stacked, um, the Carolina Panthers they came out number one in terms of total points. So 11 picks, and you add them all up, they were at the top of my list. So I I love their draft based off the grades I had given these players and how I had them stacked. I thought they got value up and down. They did a good job of, of collecting some extra picks, and I think coaching in the senior bowl is, is once again proved to be just an enormous, enormous advantage for these guys to get to know these guys, not only as players, but as kids. Mm, awesome stuff. DJ, uh, uh, did you like it better this year or last year? Oh my gosh, Doug, 
thousand times over this year. It's a lot easier to generate energy when you've got, you know, fans screaming and a band and, and uh, you're outside and you're looking at the people you're on set with as opposed to being in your board shorts with a sport coat sitting in your office making sure the Roomba doesn't go off. Yeah, except you could you – could, the third round last year you jumped in your pool, right, in between picks. True. Kid could not do that this year. No, it was a cold shower. It was just a nice, cool, refreshing cold shower. That was it. All right. Well, listen, great job once again. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait to hear the next Move the Sticks. Appreciate you being our guest. Thanks, Doug. You're the best. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, let's check in with Aaron Nagler, who joins us. Of course, he's the president and the co-founder of Cheesehead TV. Tough times in uh, Cheesehead TV land. He's a great friend of ours and a friend of the show, and he joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing well. I don't, I don't know if I would agree with the characterization of tough times. I mean, it, it's crazy and it's madness, but it's kind of fascinating to watch play out. There's no doubt it there. is. It, 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 it really, really is. Um, Okay, so let's start with last Thursday. Did you know? <laughs> it did feels you like a know? Year ago at this point, it does. Did you know that uh, uh, that that the trips had been made from front offices to California? Did you know that this this thing had been going on for a while? No, I I had no kind of inkling about any of the uh, activity, so to speak, around this kind of narrative and drama, but. I certainly was aware of Aaron's unhappiness and his frustration. That, I don't think, has been much of a secret. Um, I didn't realize, obviously, how dire the situation had gotten. Like you say, you know, flights being made to California by the president and CEO, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, all taking their turn. That was, that was a surprise, finding that out. But, yeah, no, the, the idea that Aaron has been unhappy and frustrated has has been kind of growing for a while. So in a, that sense, it, that wasn't a surprise. But the way it went to DefCon Five uh, suddenly on Thursday that that certainly caught caught me off guard. Why do you think the story came out on Thursday? I mean, I know there's already pushback now. We've seen a couple of stories today, and I'm sure hell, while we're sitting here talking, there may be three more. Seems like every minute there's something else on Twitter. But you know, I don't think it's any secret. Last year. Aaron, by his own admission, was a bit caught off guard that Thursday night when they took Jordan Love. Um, I don't, you know, we all know Aaron. We know how he holds a grudge. He's very famous for it, has that chip on his shoulder. I think he held on to that for a year. And then the day of the draft, he said, okay, Brian, now it's your turn. And, you know, I know they're going to deny it. I know we've got Pat McAfee out there saying that there's no way this came from Rogers' camp. I have a real hard time believing that. I think this is very calculated by Rodgers and his team. David Dunn being his agent, who has been down this road before with Carson Palmer. They have a playbook, and they're using it. And, and, hey, I'm not begrudging that. I understand this is coming from a place of frustration. But I do think that timing, that's not a coincidence. And that is very, you know, that is a very deliberate timing on their part. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it felt like an FU for what happened last year. Very much so. And I've seen people talking about, oh, it was calculated to try and get him like to force a trade. I don't think that's the case at all. I do think it's very much about last year you made me feel terrible on, dra- on draft night. And now I am going to make you feel terrible not only on draft night, 
but for the weeks and maybe months to come. You know, don't don't get it twisted. The, the animosity or the frustration, I think, is very real. And he has bit his tongue, obviously, for the last year or so. And I think the longer we don't hear from him, and that's the other thing. We haven't heard a word from Aaron Rodgers himself, you know, but the longer that he stays silent, the more the Packers have to twist in this. And I think he's enjoying that fact. That would be my guess. Anyway, Any way they trade him. I'd be absolutely shocked if it happened this year. I mean, you gotta, you'd be a fool to completely dismiss it. I mean, to say, but let's say they get down the road, right, and Aaron doesn't show up to camp, and he tries to, you know, just completely do the Carson Palmer and sit out. Jordan Love comes, falls out early in the year, maybe, possibly before the trade deadline. I'd be shocked if anything happened this summer, this offseason. I, I think the Packers are going to dig in. I think Aaron's going to dig in. I have no doubt. He, he doesn't show up to minicamp. I have no doubt. There, there's a very good chance that he doesn't show up to start a training camp. Maybe he ends up showing up, you know, at some point at the end of camp, maybe pulls a Michael Strahan. But, yeah, no, I, I, I would be absolutely shocked if something happened this offseason. Um, okay. The, the draft, it didn't feel like they made any sort of adjustments to their draft board based upon – that news matter of fact it it felt like oh, yeah. they did a pretty good job of of helping themselves um I, I guess the one question you know the cornerback they took in the first round is one of those looks better you know uh in his shorts and a t-shirt than he does sometimes on a football field but what's what's your take on the actual draft itself yeah i thought it's it's the first time in a while that it, it kind of really seemed like it was driven a little bit more by need than usual i mean we went into that draft talking about how Packers definitely needed to address corner. They definitely needed to address the offensive line. Those are two things they did quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think the one kind of area you maybe thought they'd, they'd look at is edge rusher just because, you know, the way the contracts play out next year and going forward, you would think they would want to get another edge, a young guy to develop. But for the most part, I thought they did, had a really solid draft. And like I said, it was a little bit more driven by need than maybe the Packers have been in the past. But, you know, it's, it's a classic Packers draft in that it's very unspectacular. I think, obviously, Amari Rodgers is the one kind of big shiny new toy that you're going to have fun playing with on offense. And I do think they'll, they'll get a lot out of him right away. I think they'll get some instant returns there. But for the most part, you know, they do what they do. They find athletes with upside and they plug them in. And some guys will help right away. Some guys will help down the line. But you're right. If, if the idea was to try and force them to change their approach to the draft, that's certainly – I, and I don't think that was the idea, but if it was, I mean, it certainly didn't work because, you know, Brian and the personnel people at Green, in Green Bay, they have a, a very, very methodical way of working, and it, it would take a lot more than that for them to change on a dime like that. The, the latest story is that, that in a group text, Brady called Brian um, uh, Jerry Krause, right? And, of course, that reference would have gone over people's head if not for the last dance last year and Jerry Krause becoming the butt of so many jokes. Uh, look, he very well-respected scout, who kind of is, is more scout than GM, but what is your feeling as somebody who knows the Packers intimately and everything they're doing, what's your take on the job that Brian Goodenkunst has actually done? I think he's done a very good job, and I understand. You see, here's the problem. It's like I, I completely understand Aaron's frustration, and I completely understand the disconnect there, and I, I do not doubt for a second that he has been – you know, maybe not completely talking behind Brian's back, but has certainly reached out to teammates and friends and said, gosh, I wish this guy would be more aggressive. 
I don't understand some of these moves we made. I mean, don't forget, this goes all the way back to Brian being the one who let Jordy Nelson go. You know, everyone knows how close Jordy and Aaron were, or still are. And ever since then, it's every little move, I think, has kind of irked Aaron. And the idea that then this guy who hasn't gone all in, they thought, you know, okay, we've, we've moved on from Ted Thompson. It's time to get a little bit more aggressive. And now Brian has been pretty much the same. He had the one year a couple years ago where he stocked up on defense because they really needed the talent injection on that side of the ball. But for the most part, he has been very steady, much like Ted was. And I think that has been frustrating, especially in a modern era where we are driven by the 24-hour news cycle, especially coming off a year where we saw Tom Brady go to Tampa and really kind of get what he wants personnel-wise. You know, I don't, I don't doubt that that is frustrating for a guy in Aaron Rodgers who hasn't had a lot of support on the defensive side of the ball in the playoffs in the last you know, decade or so. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that that is a real source of frustration. But on the flip side, I think Brian's done a really good job. But as far as collecting talent, there's a really talented football team. And I don't doubt for a second that his selection of Jordan Love was the tipping point here. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But he's a young GM. He's on a five-year contract. He's entering year four. He wants to get that extension, and he wants his quarterback. You know, Ron Wolf had Brett. Ted had Aaron. Brian wants his guy. And I think there's no problem with that. That's literally your job as a GM, to look out for the future. So I get I understand both sides. I understand why Aaron's frustrated. But I think Brian's done a pretty darn good job so far. Can you see a way in which the Packers move on or move Brian over in order to acquiesce to, to Rogers' desires? I mean, I can't, I'd be absolutely shocked, again, because you don't have to look much further than Mark Murphy, the president and CEO of the Packers, literally has given multiple you know, stamps of approval, backing publicly of Brian and the job he's done just a couple weeks ago. We were on a those the media. We were on a call with Mark, and I literally asked him about the lack of activity in free agency and what did he think of that? Was he surprised by it? And he gave Brian a 100% endorsement that this is my guy. I believe in everything he's doing. And you have to think that's presumably while all this drama was happening behind the scenes that we didn't know about. I mean, for all we know, that might have been the day before Mark flew out to California to talk to Aaron. So I just it seems very, very, very unlikely that after being in Brian's corner publicly ever since, and don't forget, he's Mark's hand-picked guy to take over for Ted Thompson. He made that choice. So for them, for him to then turn around and fire Brian because Aaron wants it, and we don't know, I know that's a report that's out there. Who knows the truth of that? It would be nice to hear from Aaron at some point to hear the truth of some of this stuff, but I, I can't imagine Mark's going to go and, and fire Brian Gutekunst for any reason, let alone because his quarterback's unhappy. Okay, so what happens next? That's the billion-dollar question, isn't it? Um, I think this plays out all summer. It's going to be annoying to everybody. We're going to hear you know, rumors and reports, and there'll be lots of back and forth in the media. We've already seen that starting. Um, I think he misses minicamp. I think it gets down to training camp. I don't think he reports to camp, and I think there's going to be a lot of drama around that. We're going to have Jordan Love as your starter. i got to think, though, and this is just, you know, this is probably the homer in me, the fan in me coming out, but I can't imagine a guy as competitive as Aaron Rodgers sitting there and watching all these guys come back. The Packers brought back basically their entire squad from last year, who was on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. They've added some good pieces in the draft. The Aaron's going to sit there and go, nope, I'm not playing. I just can't fathom that. He's got a really good chance of making another Super Bowl run. I, it just, 
it boggles my mind, the idea of him just refusing to come back. Now, maybe he does. We know. Like I said before, Aaron's very, very willful, very prideful. We've heard nothing but, you know, comments from friends and associates all week about how once he has his mind set, you know, there's no changing it. And I don't doubt that that's where his headspace is at right now. But again, it's August. Those guys are out there practicing. they got this squad that's ready-made to make a run built around him. I just, I just think he's too much of a competitor to leave to just completely walk away from that. Now, maybe yeah. I'm wrong, and maybe he sits, and maybe he threatens, and he does retire, right? But even if he does that, he's got to pay the Packers close to $30 million to retire. And then even if he decides to come back, they still own his rights. So I, I just don't see a way out for him. You know, because I know, I just, I, like I said, I can't believe they're going to tra- they, they wouldn't, wouldn't trade him this offseason. So I think it's, it really sets up for last dance at Lambeau style in 2021. That is kind of what it, what, it, what it feels like. But again, even the last dance, I mean, maybe, it's, maybe we're looking back, you know, 20 years later the wrong way, but the last dance, they feel like it could have been saved even after the dance was done. So we'll, 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 we'll wait and see and find out. In the meantime, Aaron, thanks so much for giving us the total update on what's really going on. Love your perspective and uh, love your guys' work at Cheesehead TV. Thanks a lot for having me on, Doug. All right, that's at Aaron Nagler. That's N-A-G-L-E-R. You, can, you too can be a part of Cheesehead TV. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, he's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, 
Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.